Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to Bull, the Bear, and my brother's chair. Nate Lucius, what's happening? Today's a good day, like most days. Um, I think we have a lot to look forward to, and I'm excited about the bullish uh, thing that we'll talk about today. So a little foreshadowing, but okay. I'm excited. Okay. And who's uh, who's joining us on the, on the mic later? Yeah, today? today I think we have a very relevant guest. We have Mr. Tony Shore. Okay. Those of you that don't know Tony. Tony is actually uh, a Gradient employee here, a team member. Tony is the director of radio at our Financially Tuned Media Group. So Tony's job is to help our clients, our advisors with promoting themselves. How do I get out there on podcast? How do I get on radio? What do I do to get out there a little bit? And Tony also has a very unique background in radio, and I'll probably joke with him a little on the show, (laughs) but he's got... He's got the uh, the face for radio, as he says. So Tony's a great guy, and I think he'll bring a lot of value. And certainly, radio is something that you know many people you you listen to, uh, you know, experts on the radio all day long. If you turn to any type of talk stations, and radio is something that uh, can certainly boost your business from not only a credibility standpoint, from a business standpoint, but it is definitely something that many people don't understand on how it really works. And Tony is certainly a uh, a good person you can take away a lot of ideas from. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if people would know this or not, Nate, but Nate and I, although our voices and our talking is our contribution to the show, there are a lot of people behind this show that help, uh, help put it together. Would that be a fair statement? That's fair. <laughs> and I will talk about podcasting with Tony, but the other thing I think is counterpoint to that is you don't have to go out and spend $20,000 and spend, you know, 500 bucks a week to get some of this stuff going. So that's really what I want Tony to focus on is what can I do? Like, how can I take my business to the next level, but not have to spend 25,000 bucks to get it going? Right. And radio is certainly something that is, uh, you know, we had a lot of our our financial advisors just happened to be our clients were that were on the radio, saw a lot of the stations they were on losing advertising because of the whole pandemic. And so for some businesses, they had to back off of their investment into radio, which opened up an opportunity for, not only our people, but other people listening to the show to actually kind of dive into radio. So now if you have the room in your budget to do it, it might be a really good time to look at it and hopefully you can understand a little bit more about how it works and what you can actually use it for to boost your business. Yeah, and then you'll have tens of followers like we do. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Let's uh let's talk about some things we're bullish and bearish on here before we bring Tony on. Nate, what do you what do you got on bullish or bearish here? Yeah, so I'm gonna go with bullish. One, because I feel like I'm pretty bullish on a lot of things, which is fun. We have uh, my co-host here and I and six other people that we work with. We are going on a golf trip in the next week or so. A couple reasons why I'm excited about that and why I'm bullish on it. One, I've not been outside of my, you know, 20-minute circle of housework uh, whatever you want to call it here for months. Agreed. Two, I love to golf. And three, we're going to a place in the middle of Nebraska, which is literally in the middle of nowhere. And it's just us, golf, probably some food, maybe a few beers. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm just excited to get out with eight guys and just get out there a little bit. I am too. And my golf game is on point right now. I mean, I'm... I'm probably, I'm somewhere in the low nineties right, right now. I mean, that's, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm not such a great golfer. I think it's my driver. I think I need a new driver. Yeah. That, 
Have you ever been in that position? The yeah, about every... I, here's what I think about golf clubs. I think the technology really does change. I don't think it changes every year, but I think every three to five years, like it makes a, a drastic change. Now, I'm not sure moving forward, but you always think, you know, bearishly, like there's no way it can keep accelerating, but it does. So I think every three to five years, you need to reassess, especially drivers. That's oh, a big one. Th- maybe that is my problem then. Yeah. I did buy new clubs uh, two years ago, and I wouldn't say the change was drastic. Yeah. I will I will say, though, if you're a, if a semi-crappy golfer like me, you might not be trying to get to playing par golf, but right. it is more enjoyable to hit a few more straight yeah. than trucking down the right side of the fairway the entire hole. I was playing golf last Friday with this little couples thing with another couple and my wife and I, and my wife does not golf a lot. She's a good athlete, and she can swing a golf club pretty well, but she doesn't play a lot. So, like, she's okay off the tee. But then when you get to chipping and it's tougher, chipping is harder. <laughs> I hope she um, would listen so, to this. So she was, oh, I'm sure she doesn't. She was on the tee of a par three and she's got like all these fairway woods. She's like, which one should I hit? And I'm like, I don't know, whichever one you hit best. Because I don't know how far she hits it. So she grabs this, like a five wood. She hits it and it is, it's probably like 12 feet off the ground. It's like 160 yards. It's like 12 feet off the ground and it skips like probably six or eight feet before the pin hits the pin like dead center about three inches above the cup and it ends up landing like three, four feet away and she made the birdie putt. So I, she made a birdie. I love that she has a bunch of fairway woods. Well, that's what all the new sets, you know, they have like pitching wedge through seven iron and then it's like hybrid, hybrid, fairway wood, fairway wood and there's a ton of them. So Reminds me of my old days that I, I caddied for a summer and I caddied out at a place called Wyzetta Country Club. And this was when I was a young man. So going back, I don't know, 28 years ago, 27 years ago, however old I am. But you'd get guys that would come out there and they they were, they had they had believed in your model of buying new clubs every totally. three to five years. And they would have these massive bags with like 37 clubs in them. And here you are, this little 14-year-old carrying <laughs> this guy's bag. And you're already struggling to get up the first tee. Guy would get up there. He'd have nice clubs, so you'd think, all right, this dude's a player. He'd smash it straight right, and then you'd head over to the trees, and he'd smash it back across. So not only did you have to walk whatever the distance of the golf course right. was, you went from right to left to right to yep. left, lugging this huge bag. Here's the caveat to that. I do not think buying a tour bag <laughs> makes you better, okay? Unless you were on the tour and you're paying somebody to carry your bag, I don't think you have anybody has any business owning a tour bag. I do anyway, think these guys never planned on carrying their bag, which true. was why the tour bag was made paying sense. somebody to carry his bag. So <laughs> yes. I guess that qualifies. I get, I get but anyway, it. I'm excited. Back to the original. I'm excited about getting out. I think everybody is getting out, going somewhere where it's where again we're in the middle of nowhere and we can keep our distance, but still get out there and have some fun. I'm in agreement. I'm so. excited for it too. All right. So bullish for me. And I've, I've, I've been a member of this for a long time, and I will tell you this is not a paid promotion. Right. Um, if they'd like to pay us, totally cool with it. But Dollar Shave Club, are you a member of this? I am. So I think there's another one There's called Harry's. Yep, that Harry's got bought by one. somebody, yeah. Uh-huh. I think that one got bought by one of the big razor companies. And what yep. these things are are razor subscriptions. And if you remember the old days, you'd have to, A, your razor would finally get dull, and so four weeks later, you'd remember to go get it after it was like ripping the hair out of your face. Right. 
and you'd go in there and they'd you'd look at them and you'd say, okay, I think I need to get this four pack. And it was behind like lock and key because the thing was like $47 for four yep. of them. Well, Dollar Shave Club, Harry's disrupted that whole thing and said, we'll send you them at a very minimal cost and we'll just send you a four pack every month or every two months or whatever it is. And so the fact that they just show up, they're reasonably priced. I don't have to do anything to remember. And I shave about every four days or so. Like I'm that kind of dude. So they last me quite a long time, but they have made my life incrementally better. I would agree. I'm kind of in the old school mentality, and I do remember back to when you have to go buy them. Oh, it's horrible. And you're like, they're super expensive, and I don't want to run out of them because when I run out of them, then I got to go buy something again. So now when they come every month or two, I'm the kind of guy that's like, I don't need to replace them yet because I, I don't know, even though I have like 12 of them <laughs> sitting in my drawer. So it's a bit of an adjustment for me, and I got to get better at just replacing them. Now, there are some people who don't need those, and that was the other thing that I was actually, I don't know how I stumbled across this statistic. But so, you know, it, I would say this is probably a newer fashion in the last two to three years, but it is the, the big, full beard. Have you ever grown one of those? Uh, I do have a beard, but I've never grown one past like, no, I don't oh, have a big oh, full beard. Oh, we're calling that thing a beard? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what we're doing. It's not big and it's not full beard, but it is a beard, I but think. It is not for me. I get on day six, it starts to drive me crazy, but some guys can grow this massive beard and the statistic that I read was- It's definitely a thing now, having the massive beard. Yeah. That is a thing. 2018. There was $2.4 billion spent on beard supplies. Yeah. That seems like an aggressive number. Kudos to all of you who can put up with that and have, you know, the ability to push through that uncomfortable stage that we all hit. So are you bullish on that or bearish or where do you Um, stand? Gosh, I'm bearish on me having one. Okay. I'm bullish on watching somebody else do it. And I'm also bullish in the fact that people are spending 2.4 billion dollars on beard supplies oh yeah you got the oil you can you can get there's tons of them out there now where you just do the 12 bucks a month and they like send you beard oil (laughs) we have a guy that we work with he knows who he is we're not going to name him by name he the other day had his is not like a big beard but it's long-ish kind of straggly a little bit he was combing his beard. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Stop that. I suppose it takes maintenance. So, so yeah, I'm anyway. Bullish, bullish on, uh, I'm bull- I guess I'm bullish on shaving supplies, so I got to be bullish on beard supplies, you know? Yeah, I like it. Cool. Well, let's bring Tony on here. Anything else you want to add before Tony, before I get No, on? I'm excited here? to bring Mr. Tony Shore on, and he can, uh, I think he can add some value to everybody's business or their, their life. Cool. I'll let you take the interview from here. All right. All right. Welcome our guest, Mr. Tony Shore. Tony, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I've had a crazy busy week and I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me on your show, Nate. Absolutely. And as you can hear, Tony, and I say this all loving, has has the voice for radio. Nothing (laughs) to do with TV, just the voice for radio for sure. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, everyone tells me I've got the perfect face for radio as well as the voice. Yeah. Yeah. So a little about Tony. Tony's our director of radio here at Gradient Financial Group under our financially tuned uh, media group. So, Tony, why don't you tell everybody uh, not only what that means, but prior to your life here at Gradient, give us some background on you. Yeah, I've worked in radio most of my life. I started when I was still a senior in high school. I got my first full time 
radio job uh, in the little town of Worthington, Minnesota, and just uh, moved on from there. Sioux Falls, then Minneapolis, worked for a big top 40 station here in Minneapolis in the 80s, WLOL. And then I got offered to do radio promotions for record labels. So I flew out to L.A. and got a job in Southern Cal. And for about, I'm going to say almost 20 years, I did maybe 25. I did radio promotions while still doing voiceover work on the side. Uh, so I worked a bit in the music industry, which was fun. I mean, for a farm kid from Minnesota, um, I really, you know, was able to live my dream. And now I'm still doing voiceover work and producing and co-hosting financial radio shows for uh, Gradient and its advisors. So, uh, you know, radio has been my life, basically, and uh, voiceover work. And of course, it's transitioned into podcasting and the Internet sure. as well. Good. Well, I appreciate that. So I think today what we want to talk about is for you know, our audience is generally business owners or, or leaders of business business units within larger organizations. So let's talk marketing for a little bit. You ready for that? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so if I want to, I'm a business owner. I know, and all business owners feel this way. I'm not doing enough. I need to be doing more. I've never been on TV. I've never been on radio. I see it out there whenever you see a competitor of yours or vice versa doing something like that. First thought you have is, why aren't I doing that? So let's talk first to those people who say, I need to do more. I probably can't get on, pick your big national station. Probably not what I'm going to do to have a 30-minute show. But what do I do to start? To get my name out there, social media is all the buzz. What do I do, Tony? Well, and I'm glad you asked that, Nate, because it's so important right now for brand building and credibility to get your name out there. And you have to look at what's cost effective. Of course, it all depends on what market you're in, where you're located, and what business you're in. But surprisingly, terrestrial or traditional radio is still viable. I mean, 93% of adults, uh, those 18 and over, still listen to regular radio. However, that might not be the answer as far as money, and having a podcast can be the answer. Uh, there are some great ways and easy ways to get started. I just, first of all, want to throw out a really simple way if you're not online and not taking advantage of social media and a podcast can really help brand yourself it gets your name out there and you can reach so many people so quickly and you can build up your current client base they love hearing you each week and Nate as you know having a podcast uh, you hear from people like hey heard your latest show right. it was great learned this and uh, there is a there's a site out there to, that makes it easy there's a number of them one is called pod Bean, that's the number one site uh, for podcasting solutions. That's the easy way to get started, podbean.com. And a lot of people later are going to think, well, I don't have the voice or and that's not what podcasting is about. Podcasting is getting to know you. It's really conversational. It's really easy. And so I think that's a great place to start. But don't write off regular radio as well. Depending on the size of your business and your market, uh, advertising on radio is still a good option, especially if you're in a mid-sized to smaller market. It's going to be cost effective. If you're in Atlanta, 
and there's just you know two big news talk stations that you could advertise on if you're say in the financial business uh, that's not going to be financially viable for most people right like that's a good start so taking off of that a little bit and I know when we started our podcast the first thing you think when you're going to be on radio or TV or podcast or whatever it is you think all I have to do is record the show and then boom, the viewership just follows, the phone <laughs> rings, the, the stuff just happens. And we've figured out that that's not the way it works. And our advisors and the business owners that I know, they know 100% that's not how it works. So when you do that, what would be the next, let's say you've got a, a half decent show. Okay. Maybe, maybe like the one we're on. It's pretty yeah. good. Oh, I it think. is good. Yeah. And so what do I do with that? I got some graphics and we certainly help people with all the the things they need. What do I do with that once I have it done or going? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's the problem most people have with the internet in general, but especially podcasting. They think, hey, this sounds easy. I'm going to have my own weekly show and do a podcast. But it's like a tr- it's the old, uh, if a tree falls in the woods and nobody's around to hear it, doesn't make a sound. Uh, no, you can do a podcast uh, and you can do it every week. Uh, but probably no one's going to hear it unless you promote it. And we found the number one way to promote your podcast is start with a Facebook page. Your company should have a Facebook page, and you should post every week uh, with an image and say, hey, this week our podcast is going to teach you how to whatever. If you're a realtor, it's going to say, we're going to look at the housing market this week and how to buy a home or how to sell a home. If you're in another type of business, uh, you just advertise what you're talking about each week or talk about it, but you have to post every week and you have to pay to boost it. So there is some cost to promote a a podcast. And I think it's really important to do that. You can utilize other social media, but you have to get the word out. You have to spend a little money. And uh, we tell our uh, podcasters that I work with, they need to have a link for their podcast, and it needs to be on everything they do. So in your email signature for your company, everyone's email signature should have at the bottom, tune in to our weekly show and have the web address. And so I think that's really important. And it should be on flyers and mailers, and you should be posting it and paying to boost it on Facebook so it appears in everybody's feed. That's great. And one of the things that I've learned as we've started our podcast a few months ago is once you start to get it out there, and I'm not suggesting we have 20 million listeners because we don't. We're slightly short of that. But (laughs) one of the things we've done is certainly for all of our advisor community, our friends, our family, other business owners, people that I know, I have sent it to them. And I've said, hey, we've got a podcast. Here's what it is. It's not talking about, you know, financial and what should I buy or what should I sell? Not what it's about. It's about business. How do I improve my business? How do I get some ideas from some really quality guests? And maybe you'll pick up something from Brian and I. You never know. But my neighbor, so a couple of my neighbors listen to it regularly. We even have a t-shirt, some merch, if you will. And I've given them a couple of them out. And the one neighbor came over to me the other day and he said, hey, how many people do you guys have that listen or subscribe? And I said, you know what? We're just over 750,000 people. And he goes, really? And I said, no, absolutely not. We're not anywhere close to 750,000. But the point of that is, remember, when you're listening to something and if your show looks the part, 
and it is good content, the people that you're getting, your clients, your prospects, anybody that you would like and that you're promoting it to, it is a big deal to certain people. And it doesn't have to be a big deal to 20 million people, but I think that's overly or very important. And something I've learned is that if you make it a big deal and you make it something to somebody, that's really what matters. Yeah. Well, and I work with uh, one of the clients I work with, uh, they have a podcast that I help them produce and I co-host it with them. And they sent out, you know, of course, a flyer and email their, to their clients and encourage their clients to listen to it. And they're a small business and their clients uh, started getting comments from their clients. And one client came in the office and said, hey, you know, I put half of uh, my retirement funds with you. I've, I've got half my business with you. Now I'm going to give the other half of my business. And the guy said, well, why? Well, I've been listening to your podcast every week and I just realized that you're so down to earth and what you say makes sense. I want to work with you uh, completely now. So uh, there you go. That's a great example of a podcast creating business. Even from your current base, it can encourage them to not only stay with you, uh, but maybe do more business with your business. So uh, it's a great branding tool. It's a great credibility factor saying, you can say, I have a weekly show. You don't even have to call it a podcast if you don't want to, but podcasts are great and it's easy to make them available on the number one platforms like Spotify and iTunes or Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Uh, You can make your podcast available there. People subscribe. That way it's available to them whenever there's a new episode. They can listen on their phones, in their cars, on their laptops or tablets. So podcasting is really great. But again, if you just do the podcast and don't let anyone know about it or don't promote it at all, uh, it's not going to do you any good. But the professionalism, you want to make sure you have a nice looking site, have a designer design the logo, put some effort into it, put a little money into it, and it'll go a long way. Yeah, I've sent our, you know, as I've invited guests on the show and as we've promoted it, I've got, I don't know, probably 30, 40, 50 emails from people that said, wow, you know, that looks really cool. And I really like that. Now, whether or not they listen to my show, I'm not really sure. But speaking to uh, another example I have is I've got a neighbor, another neighbor who claims he listens, who's a doctor. And he came to me a few weeks ago. And he said, how in the world do you do that? I mean, I, I could have told him, hey, we spent a million dollars to do this podcast thing. And he would have said, wow, that's crazy. But the reality is you don't have to. And so if I'm sitting at home now, and Tony has convinced me, I need a podcast. I need it for my business. It doesn't even have to be for your business. It can be for your life. I mean, there's lots of lifestyle podcasts, but what do I do? Clearly, if you work with Gradient, you call us, we help you. But if I'm sitting at home, I want to do a podcast. Okay, go. What do I do? If you're sitting at home, I, like I said before, I think the first step is to, it depends on what your resources are. If you have a web designer you're already working with, maybe they know how to set it up for you. Uh, but all you need is a microphone, a computer, uh, there's free recording software out there. Uh, again, a great place to start. And I'm not just trying to promote this site because actually I do what this site does uh, it, on another level. If you get to a more professional level, uh, but if you're just starting out, podbeam.com and it's podbean, 
P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com. That's a great place to start. They can help get your show on all the platforms, and they can even help set up the site. Uh, That's an easy and inexpensive way to get started. Uh, You can do it completely on your own and have a site created by a web designer. Uh, You need a site kind of as a home, and then you need to make it available on other podcast sites. And there's a lot of tips and tools for that online. Uh, So I would recommend that's the way to get started. And and again, no matter what your business, uh, it's really important. Podcasting can really make a difference. I mean, you're going to be able to provide valuable information and really set yourself up as an authority uh, in your field. Yeah. And Tony said the word value there. And for me, that's what you know, we're trying to provide to people that listen, but also to people who, you know, don't work with us in our business, who we may know through other businesses or friends or family. And that's really what happens is people come back to you and they say, wow, that's really cool. I enjoyed your guest you had on. I'm going to be a listener. So we may never do business with them or that's okay. I don't really care. I'm just, if you can provide value to people, in whatever way possible. To me, that's really what it's all about. So let's transition a little bit to radio. I've got the podcast thing down. I like it. I love it. I want to take kind of that same concept of my show and I want to go to radio. What do I do in terms of radio in cost and time and station? How do I do that, Tony? Right. And this is more complicated and we get into the weeds a little bit more than podcasting. It's not quite as straightforward because radio has variables. In other words, like I mentioned before, it depends on what market you're in. It makes a difference. If you're in Omaha, that's one thing. If you're in Atlanta or L.A. or Philadelphia or Chicago, that's another thing. Radio may not be cost effective for you in the bigger markets. However, uh, radio is still viable, like I said. And these are stats from last year from Pew Research. 93% of adults 18 and over listen to traditional radio. And, uh, you know, the top formats, just to throw this out, it's kind of fun, Our number one format out there is country. The number two format is news talk. And three is adult contemporary. So it's it's kind of changed over the years. Uh, but if you're going for an older audience, news talk is the 50 plus crowd. And that's one of the only formats that has remained steady or grown honestly, over the past few years and uh, with everything that's been going on, uh, that still continues to grow, surprisingly. So uh, and those news talk stations are the stations that do sell airtime for your own radio show. In other words, if you want your own radio show, the odds of you going to a station and getting them to say, yeah, we're going to put you on every Monday or you can be on every afternoon. Well, that's basically a full time job or you're an employee of the radio station. But if you want your own show, about your business or about uh, real estate or you're an attorney or, you know, whatever your business, if you want a radio show on that topic, uh, you can have one. You just have to find a radio station in your market that sells airtime and buy a half hour and then make your podcast a radio show and put it on the air. You're going to get a lot more instant listeners and you'll probably get calls if you have a good call to action at the end of the, your show, but you don't want to make it sound like a 
yeah. an infomercial. It's better to sound like that podcast where you're giving information, you're yep. the expert in your field, and that is huge credibility. When you tell people, uh, when you're talking to potential clients and you say, you know, listen to our radio show or they see that on your email signature on this local station that they recognize, they're like, wow, this guy's got his own, this person has their own radio show. So the credibility factor is huge, but Cost can vary. It can be anywhere from $50 a week for a half hour show in a tiny market all the way up to $4,500 a week. So that's the price variance. And so if you're in Atlanta or L.A., the number one news talk station might sell you a show on Saturday morning at 8 a.m., but they're going to say that's $4,000 a week. And that's not that's cost prohibitive for almost anyone. So uh, it's just their airtime is that valuable. Uh, I think a lot of them now are overpriced, but that's how they're trying to make their money. If you're in a smaller, a medium to smaller market, like I use this example in Omaha because it's very successful, they only have one big news talk station. There aren't any other choices. And if you get on there, the price is reasonable. It's probably about $400 a week. And you're going to get calls every single week on your show and you're going to get clients. But that's an isolated market. So it's hard to really pinpoint, but really call your local station, develop a relationship and maybe start with doing a few ads. But again, ads are like kind of that tree in the wood. If you only do it's all about frequency. So if you only do a few ads a week. Uh, it's not really going to be effective. You have to have uh, the rule is you have to do tw- more than 20 ads per week for for you to get any type of reasonable return on investment. That's great. And so uh, one more kind of take off of that is if you are uh, on a radio show, if you have a podcast, just like I explained my neighbor, generally speaking, people don't know how this works. So I could, again, yep. I could tell somebody, I pay 5000 a week to have my podcast. Okay, not true. I could tell them I pay $50 a week to be on some big station in Atlanta. Okay, they might believe it. Not true. But what it does is you do have to pay to have somebody else get you in front of people. If you want to get yep. in front of your own people, you can do it. But I think that's the key is the credibility. And a podcast itself doesn't do a lot. A radio ad by itself probably doesn't do a lot. A Facebook page doesn't do a lot, but you start putting these things together as Tony's talked about. And that's really where you create value. And and that's my opinion. I think it's an accurate one is that a combination of a bunch of small things add up to a big thing. And that's what we try and help people with, not only in our business, but outside is the activity and having a presence out there is what brings value to people. Yeah. And again, it's all it's about competition and really being the expert in your market, because if you're not doing that radio show on Saturday morning on the news talk station, somebody else in your career field might be or probably is. And then you're not the voice people are hearing. You're not out there. But it is the combo, like you say, having a podcast, having a Facebook page, uh, posting on social media, uh, having a, a blog, really tying these things together, 
radio, advertising, or a radio show. Uh, they all work together to add credibility and bring in new clients. I mean, that's the bottom line. But I see people that stick with radio and do enough frequency will get a return on investment. But again, you have to look at the budget and what your station charges because, again, it varies wildly. You might spend $50 a week on ads to get 20 ads, or you might spend 2000 or $3,000 a week to get those same 20 ads. So it all depends on your market. That's the problem with radio. Uh, podcasting in the internet is a little more, uh, it's a little simpler. You right. can pay Facebook to boost it and set your own budget and say, I'm going to pay $200 a week to boost my podcast. You're going to get a lot of listens. You're going to get a lot of clicks. Now, will they stay uh, will they listen to the whole show? Will they turn into clients? A uh, percentage may, uh, but you have to get your name out there and utilize it with other things you're doing. Now, that's great information, Tony. And the last thing I would add to what Tony said is it's all about consistency. Okay, don't, don't do your first podcast. Don't do your first radio ad and then sit by your phone. Okay, not going to happen. And so <laughs> consistency and multiple ways to get in front of people ultimately brings value to somebody and somebody that feels like they're valued or may do business with you or they may just say, I'm not going to do business with him, but he's a fantastic person. And that, that spreads. I mean, that word spreads quickly. Tony, yeah. I've got, I want to close with a couple of things kind of off topic. And as Tony and I were preparing for this yesterday, we went back and forth. And so the things I'm going to ask you are not things that Tony's prepared for. So are you ready? I'm ready. I okay, think. of your career in, <laughs> it'll be appropriate, I promise. Of your career in radio, give me one or two situations or guests or something that just kind of went sideways. You're like, oh, that didn't, you know, in your prior life, what what happened that just sticks in your mind, either on live radio or recorded or something that, you just think back and think, I will never forget that experience. <laughs> well, I, I've had a few. Uh, I've had a few. Um, uh, some of them have to do with uh, when I worked in uh, radio promotions and I would bring artists to a radio station for an interview. So I was kind of on the <laughs> yep. other side of the fence there. But I worked with a group. I won't name them out in L.A. And I brought them to the station and they got on the air and the guy asked him was all excited and they just sat there dead air answer questions <laughs> and they started using one word answers so i jumped in and tried to prompt them and that was a very awkward embarrassing situation but i have been on the air where i've had dead air where the record I, I started back in the day when we played records. The record. Uh, I liked that reference. That was good. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, bump the turntable. Uh, you hear it <laughs> scratch across the record. That was when I first started. Uh, you have those unprofessional moments on small stations. Uh, it seems like they don't happen as often on bigger stations. Of course, I had more experience. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, when Heinz and Berglund would come in in the morning on WLOL, they would give me a hard time. And sometimes they'd been up all night at sure. some uh, fancy party or something. Yeah. And I would have to help run the board for them. I mean, uh, these are some of the memories I have from radio. But I've worked with people helping them produce radio shows. And this is probably the most memorable who 
shouldn't be talking on the radio. And everybody <laughs> now wants to have their own podcast. And it is hard. I mean, when you're working with somebody who's older, um, who coughs every five minutes or every minute, um, you know, you have to coach them through it. So I would say, you know, there's been nothing super tragic. I mean, when you work the overnight shift and you're only the only one in the station and you say, have to go to the restroom, you're looking for a really long song to play. That's right. <laughs> so my last question to you, if you were a guest uh, or, or you had to interview somebody and, and it wasn't me, Tony, you can't pick me, okay? <laughs> okay. Who would be that person that you would like to interview? Anybody. Who, who is your dream interview of anyone you can think of? Bill Murray. I don't even have to hesitate. Okay. That was strong. The only, uh, Bill Murray is a big golfer. Did you know that? Uh, yeah, in fact, I saw him golf, thanks to you. Uh, oh, I got to see the celebrity scramble at the uh, Writers Cup and oh, actually got right. to say hi to him. Cool, good for you. Yeah. Well, hey, anything, uh, anything final words, Tony, from you? Uh, no, I'd say give radio and podcasts a chance. Uh, it really can make a difference. You should really talk to somebody who knows about radio to help you get into radio. Podcasting is even easier. Just go to podbean.com or look online for podcasting sites, uh, and it really can make a difference. That's great. And obviously, if you you know work with Gradient, and, and even if you don't, that's what we're here for is to, again, gives you provide you some value, give you some options. So reach out to me. Uh, if I can't help, which I probably can't, uh, I will get you to Tony or one of our uh, great people on our Financially Tuned team. So, Tony, thank you for joining us and have a great day. Yeah, thanks, Nate.